This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. A researcher studying America's gender wage gap says it might be explained by findings in the last decade, which suggest women may be less competitive than men. This idea that women don't reach the top because behaviorally they have a lower desire to compete than men has been widespread across all the social sciences. Then, can you use help managing your money? An author and former financial advisor joins us with tips to avoid money mistakes and dig yourself out of debt. I think we feel this pressure to be perfect. And studies show that the fact that we want to be perfect is leading to some unhealthy things. Those two stories and more are coming up on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Are women less competitive than men? Researchers are studying this question as a possible explanation for the gender wage gap in America. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Joining us now is Alessandra Kassar, professor of economics at the University of San Francisco. She and her colleague from the University of Arizona, Mary Rigdon, investigated the gender wage gap in America. Their study is now published in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Professor Kassar, let me begin with some data on the pay gap that was striking. Your colleague, Ms. Rigdon, noted recent research that women earn 82 cents for every dollar that men earn, but this does not consider factors like an employee's age, experience, or level of education. And when considering those characteristics, she said, women are paid 98 cents per every dollar a man earns. So my question is, which of these, the 98 cents per dollar or 82 cents per dollar, is the more accurate measure of the pay gap? Well, they are both right. They just measure different things. The problem is that women don't get to hold those really high-paid jobs. But once they are in those positions, they sure earn very similar to men. So whatever the size of a pay gap, as to its cause, your study scrutinized a view that women are less competitive and less willing to take risks than men But, Professor, does the available data on women in higher-ranking jobs support the less competitive idea? This is a very interesting question. This idea is deeply, deeply, deeply rooted in the social sciences. This is an idea that started with Darwin himself. Darwin started to ask the question, how come we don't see women reaching the very top of the political, economic, or even cultural landscape. How come we, have, we don't have women composers like Mozart or women writers like Shakespeare? And the idea was that women were behaviorally different than men, and in particular, less competitive than men. This idea that women don't reach the top because behaviorally they have a lower desire to compete than men has been widespread across all the social sciences until about 30 years ago, starting with the anthropologist. And it was really the anthropologist, even the primatologist, that opened up this question of what if we are measuring competitiveness 
in a way that it is not really reflective in the way maybe females do competition. And in biology, it's about 20 years that they have uncovered an entire world of strategies that females do to do competition that are just not what males do to do competition. So in the research that I have been doing with Mary is really about trying to open up this box and even ask the question. Sure, in the experiment, we are not denying that there are dozens and dozens of experiments that shows that women are less competitive than men. But what if we add other things to the competition? Like we measure temperature, we use it with a thermometer. So the thermometer is very important, right, to measure our temperature. Mm -hmm. We do the same with competitiveness. What if we measure it in a way that it is more conducive to register a trait in which it is expressed by female? And sure enough, we don't find differences anymore. We're visiting with Alessandra Kassar, professor of economics at the University of San Francisco. She and her colleague Mary Rigdon led a study now published in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Professor, to summarize your study's structure, if I may, there were 238 men and women in four-person teams, and they were given tasks. Then they were exposed to different methods of rewards for doing the tasks right. So in one scenario, the top performers in each team kept all of their rewards. But in another scenario, all four team members might share the rewards. So which model did most women prefer? In the first scenario, where the winners knew that they would keep all of their wins exclusionary for themselves, we replicate the classic gap in competitiveness, where we have men competing at a significantly choosing the competitive payment significantly at a higher rate than women. But in the other one, when our participant knew that the winner could share some of their win with the loser, we have a complete closure of the gap. If anything, 8% more women than men prefer the competitive tournament, but it was not significant. So we can say the difference was closed. So more women than men seem to prefer the model where the rewards may get shared. Any thoughts on why that might be? There are many hypotheses. And this builds upon some other research that I've been doing for quite a few years where I show that when at stake it is something that benefits their children, again, women compete as much as men. So there is this idea coming out of our experiment and other experiments that seems to show that women are very sensitive to these prosocial cues because every competition doesn't end in itself. It's probably is the first step of the next interaction. And women are very sensitive about making sure that there is this terrain that is fertile for continuous cooperation. Competition is very important, but competition is only one side of the coin. There is also the other side, which is the cooperation part. And we know that more egalitarian outcomes are more conducive to further cooperation. And we think that for women, as it was in the Pleistocene, as it probably it is now, 
egalitarianism is very important. The way resources are redistributed, it's very important. It meant survival 1.2 million years ago, and even if nowadays we seem to forget because we have our job, we think that we can do everything alone, we are still very much need the help of others to carry out the task of bringing babies to maturity. It takes a village and it seems that women really are more sensitive to this kind of pro-social cues and more worry about severing ties just by keeping everything for themselves. But we are doing lots of other experiment trying to figure out exactly which one of the various hypotheses that could explain this closure of the gap seems to be the prevalent one. And it could be a set of them, not just one. So I guess what you're saying is at this point, the research is still somewhat preliminary and you would probably want to do follow-up studies to verify some of this? Absolutely, especially to go deeper into the reason why. Is it to make peace after a competition that often feels like a conflict? Is to prevent further competition? Is it because the distribution is less unequal? Is it because it is less risky? There are so many possibilities. Alessandra Casar, professor of economics at the University of San Francisco. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, get out of debt and avoid money mistakes. That story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 